Didn't work, did it? Play ball! <laughs> Welcome to Theology at Home Plate. I'm Heavy D. And I'm Little Boom. Theology at Home Plate is our humble attempt to recognize God's glory in every area of life. Boom. Um, our scripture that we are inspired by to have this in this have our podcast put in this format of glorifying God comes from 1 Corinthians 10:31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So <laughs> This man, you're trying it's to not fix working, it. Man. It he goes so fast. Oh! <laughs> there we go. We got a restart. All right. Woo, yay for us. <laughs> no, we're not going to restart. Wipe we're going to go rinse. with it. Wipe and rinse. No. Uh, nope. Theme passage, you got it, man. We, we do everything we do to the glory of God, so that means in our discussions. And it's a privilege to be here with you, little boom, to talk through a bunch of stuff. Amen. Likewise, privilege to be here with you, too. It's fun. Inning number one. The glory of God. Inning number two, the glory of God in our study. Nice study. So last time we uh, swung and missed when we talked about study because we thought we had another book section coming up. But this is actually when we talk about books. Yeah. We must have early on had the idea to do a book section. Yeah. And then changed it to study because we wanted to include more than just books we're reading. And we wanted to include books in every area where we, every topic, so like every, all nine on food, we could do a book about food. If I'm reading Correct. a book, that, that was the thought. That was the now time. I remember. Yeah, I remember. It's been a long time. So books, man, what have you been reading? Yeah. Well, last time I was, I was just in pain to tell you guys uh, <laughs> about a really good book I read. It's, it's very interesting. It's called the devil in the white city by my researcher is working on this for me currently the devil in the white city. And it's about the 1918, I believe. Chicago's World Fair, uh, which was competing to outdo the, I believe it was similar to a fair. I'm not sure the exact word, yeah, but in Paris, in Paris, the World Fair, the World fair, in, fair in Paris, Eric Larson, uh, by Eric Larson. Yes, thank you. So, The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, and it, it is the White City is the fair. Um, yep. But it it not only follows some of the architects that are building these grandiose, fantastical buildings that are going to be in the fair in this area in Chicago. But it also follows the story of a certain H.H. Holmes, which is his non-biological name, um, who is a wicked, wicked man. He's a Mm -hmm. doctor, but he uh, is a serial killer, one of the first known serial killers that would be considered uh, later on a psychopath, Mm -hmm. Um, someone who... Really no sympathy. A for wolf human. in sheep's yeah. clothes. Uh, someone who lacks basic human uh, guilt feelings and who finds joy in, in the depravity of mankind. So he used his power, influence, charisma, and looks to um, kill a lot of people, specifically yeah. women, and uh, stealing a lot of money and eventually being caught in all of these things being traced back to him, shocking the detective uh, who ended up hunting him down. And yeah, it, it, it's it's a very interesting book. It's very well written, um, very sad as well. Um, and yeah. but it gives you it gives you um, a good feeling of justice at the end of him being caught finally that he didn't go. Yeah, I think the passage is that your sins surely will find you out. Yep. He was sophisticated. He was better than the average sinner because he was able to do such extraordinarily complicated, wicked things. And and for an example, it was such a different time that I think yeah. we can barely even comprehend. Us growing up in the 21st century, yeah, he was able to take out loans with creditors Yep, in the 1890s. 90s, yeah. And he would take out loans with creditors under a name that wasn't his. And he would say that was his boss or someone who owned the company that he was running. Yeah. And then when he, people would come to get his money, their money from him that he had borrowed to build his building, he would true. say, oh, he's not here. He, he ran away or he, he's, he's over here or he went to Florida. And then, they, and then he would just, oh, come inside. Let's, let's, let's have some drinks. He would give him some of his nicest drinks. He would give him cigars. And he was wealthy by building himself up this way, but he never started paying back anyone right. because he enjoyed ripping people off. Yeah, he took pleasure in manipulating and 
deceiving. He would I think often deceiving. he would often um, steal money from insurance, uh, life insurance, fraudulent insurance claims. Yeah, because he would work with cadavers, right? And because he was a doctor, a licensed doctor, and he would work with cadavers, he would find a family, convince them to take out life insurance on themselves, and then he would find bodies that were similar enough to those that family in where he would get or he would even dig them up sometimes and they then he would take them to the life insurance companies and come and get their money so yeah it was pretty wild pretty pretty wild like you can't stuff you can't get away with now just because of the security that's built into stuff you i mean maybe you could in some crazy way it probably would be like when people invented figured out how to create gold chemically it costs more than it's worth so if you were going to try and rip off a life insurance company, it probably now would cost more than it's worth. But then it was so simple and it was almost like people didn't realize how wicked their neighbors could be. Yeah, no doubt. I think, you know, I think when you think about biblical perspectives on the whole book, you have the whole Babylon perspective yeah. that you're trying or or maybe even more closely was the Tower of Babel that we're going to build the greatest thing. man. It, it was a testament to uh, humanism. Look what man can do moving into the 20th century. So we're moving into the 20th century. Look what man is able to do with all the technology that we have. And and so in Chicago, there was this testament to man's hubris, uh, the Tower of Babel. And so you have a little bit of that. And then you have the wickedness of man, right? And so it's the, the comparison thing is his hotel was on the corner of the World Fair. Yeah, the, the pharmacy and hotel. Yep. It so was actually many. It was more like a mall, but it's just smaller. It had yeah. many different shops inside of it. I think five yeah. different, which was pretty crazy. You were pretty wealthy if you owned one of those. But also there were some hotel rooms above. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's very well written. Eric Larson has written several books. And only about 30% of it good. is straight talking about him. The other 70 solid percent is about the World's Fair and the men working on it. Yeah, it, it's both inspiring in what men are, men are able to do and discouraging as you butt up against men's limitations, the finite nature of man. And but you you can really feel the anxiety, not to drag this out too long, but you can really <laughs> feel the anxiety of a lot of the men who... You're killing us, man. <sighs> no, it's good. I'm playing. Who are involved in the construction and the planning mm-hmm. for this thing and the deadlines coming up. But yep. it's it's very sad when it ends and they, tear, they literally they just tear, tear it down. down. Yeah. It just reminds you, you know, death is coming. Whatever you build up, it's going to get torn down. All these men are gone. This... You, can't, you can't go see the World's Fair. You can't go of, see the World's Fair. Of no. uh, 1893. Mm-mm. It doesn't exist. does not exist. So yeah, hundreds of people died. But building the word it. of the Lord <laughs> endures, endures forever. forever. And if you're interested, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm, just, I'm reading updates on Wikipedia right now, and this has to be true. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio purchased the film rights, but in 2019, Hulu began developing a series based on the book. Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese will be executive producers of the wow. project. And it will release on Paramount Television and be produced by Paramount Television. So it should be really on Hulu cool. in the next year or two, maybe. Maybe. If I'm, I'm going to guess COVID four years it. from now. Maybe so, because if it's just in production, you got to raise money, menu. Because the Lord script. of the Rings TV show. The script show. is written, though. It's written by Billy Ray. I don't know if that's Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> but, but I just, don't think it so. It just says Billy Ray. Maybe they dropped the Cyrus in this case. <laughs> I think you're It's going to be an achy, breaky thing. heart movie, or even more recent, his most recent hit. With the rapper, dude. Nope. Something road. Nope. I'm not even going to say it. Dude, say it. Because I don't even remember it. I honestly don't remember it. What's it called? Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Sing it, man. You know you know. Okay, we got to I do know this. it. I've heard it too much. Oh, that's awful. We've gone into movies and music from this point. We have. <laughs> We've Inning well. number two, the glory of God in our study and books and stuff we read. Inning number three, the glory of God in our sports. Nice save. Saw yeah. you, saw the eyes there panicking for thinking about what I the inning three is. It's like, what what is it? And I remembered. Because we just finished the World Series. Congratulations to the poo-poo Dodgers. Oh, shame on me. Shame I'm just on you. I was, I was going to say, I was thinking, I was going to say, the Astros didn't win, so it doesn't matter. And then you said congratulations, and I was like, you know what? That's the heart of Christians, isn't it? We should, we should <laughs> have hearts to be, to be happy in the we achievements should. of other teams. We should. And then you had to poop. Well, I'm grateful for Clayton Kershaw that he got his World Series. He's been one of the better pitchers throughout my fandom of baseball in terms of what I've seen play, who I've seen play. I did have him on my fantasy team one year. Y'all know this already. No, we don't need to hear this again, man. No, I'm just just happy for him. I'm just happy for him. Yeah, every time. He scored like 38 points or whatever it was. 
It wasn't 60. You have revisionist history. 60. He didn't score 60, but he did score. It doesn't matter. It it did make the difference that week. So anyway, uh, glory of God in our sports. Um, Yeah, I'm not not reading anything right now on sports. I have too many other things to read. So no books right now. Oh, you're reading a book that relates to sports? Yeah. That's a a perfect time to talk about that. So I'm reading a book. uh, Two minutes. (laughs) <laughs> All right, here we go. It's called The Brothers K. It covers a lot more than just sports. It covers a, a family growing up during the, I don't know what time period this would be. Post I think it depart- starts in the 50s. Yeah, post just post-World War II. Okay. Yeah, mid-50s. So the mid-50s. baby boomer generation. Yep. Yeah. And super, super interesting book. What, what did you describe it as? It's a... It's a... Uh, a biographical novel. Biographical novel. There we yeah. go. That's the perfect way to put it. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, because it is a novel. It, it is, for it's the fiction. most part, fiction. Mm-hmm. All the characters are fiction. Right. Uh, but it is certainly, you can tell certain aspects come from directly from the life of the author. Um, Who is? Mm, I bet it starts with a D. I think I remember seeing that David? on the cover. No. Damon? You find it? David James Duncan. I knew it. Yes. David. David Duncan. Duncan. So I knew it was a D. Yep. Uh, Double D. David, David James Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, that's better. Yep. We'll stick with the J- David, David James David Duncan. James Duncan. Yeah. DJD. Well, don't repeat. DJD, baby. DJD's in the hair. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We've passed two minutes. I already got to stop, don't I? Yeah, read the brother. Read the brothers K. It's read a, the brothers it's K. It's huge, but it's worth. And it is very other. much about baseball and the influence that it has on these young boys growing up. There's two two twin daughters. Um, the father is a baseball player who has his, in some ways, injured. I'll, I'll, I don't want to give that away too much, but he can't play any longer. And he was a very good pitcher, Triple uh, A, may potentially d- d- as described by the son, uh, um, major leaguer, but. Interesting because it doesn't have a single protagonist. It has several brothers, and each brother, it, it, he tells the story of each brother. Which yeah, is kind of an from chapter to chapter, it'll change perspective and location, yeah. even on yeah. where they are. And spiritual, just, they will be the main character for that time. And then, ooh, yeah. so the family really is the main character. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly. It's been a long time since I've read it, it's, and I don't remember it very. I well. love, I need to go back love, and love. It. Just a little thing about me. I yeah. love imagery in books and good description of simple things. I love people to paint a picture in my mind where I can see it and be enveloped in a atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of it, what type of atmosphere. I just want, if you're good at doing that in a book, I'm probably going to like your writing style. And within the first chapter of the book, this author had me, uh, I was, I was caught in the spell of his writing and it's, it's just super, um, good. Yeah. He does good with microscopic storytelling and, telescopic and it's pretty long telling so it's even though it's long. it's microscopic for a long time but if you take a microscope and drag it across the table it covers a lot of ground anyways so right. well said if you ever want yeah sure thanks man that's good you say, well sure thanks <laughs> no i'm <laughs> but now that the world series is over there's there's just wait until next season right oh man what have i done <laughs> what I have you done inning number three the glory of god in our sports Inning number four, the glory of God in our music. Music. I was going to say it. I didn't. I know. I'm sorry. I rushed you. I get impatient. Music. So, what's going on, man? What music? What music? What music? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What are you listening to right now? Old Faithfuls. Old Faithfuls, really, uh, or new new Old Faithfuls. (laughs) As they become, you know, I still still listen to Colony House pretty regularly, enjoy their newer albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to a lot of stuff I wouldn't have previously listened to. Like, the Beatles really were not on my listen-to list, right? Based on the lyrics, didn't particularly find them fascinating. And then also vocals, it wasn't necessarily my style. I don't yeah. think they're bad, of course. Uh, why do I say of course? Some people might think they're bad. You might think they're bad. Uh, most people would disagree with you. Yeah, the majority of people you may would not like it. You may not. Pr- it may not be your preference, but think they're bad. Yeah. So I I listen to them now. My wife's one. I believe she would say her favorite band is the Beatles. Um, mm. certainly historically growing up have been. What's wrong with her? No, that's terrible. Nothing's wrong with her. Nothing. Well, not. Way to defend her. What else? 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. How about Bruce Springsteen? What about Chris Cornell? Nah. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel the same way. Another <laughs> one another one introduced by my wife that she likes. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's got a Bruce good. Springsteen, though. Yeah, he's got a new album and, really? a, and a new video. So he's over 70 years old. Wow. So here's what he said. Here's what, what interested me. I'm not a historic fan of Bruce Springsteen, um, but... I don't really know seeing, any of his songs. Yeah. There you go. So probably not a fan either. Um, he's got a new release, and he did a video on Apple. They did a a 90-minute video kind of introducing the album and him talking about the development of his music. And I saw an interview with him where he was he was talking about being in a band for 50 years because the E Street Band has now been together for almost 50 years. That's a long time. The same band. Now, they've lost two members. The original members have died, but the majority of the guys are still together, and they've replaced those two guys. That's more than double my life that yeah. that band has been together. So he's asked, how do you stay together after 50 years? And Springsteen laughs, and he says, well, he says, sometimes you hate one another. And sometimes you really feel the love. But he said, we all had this perspective throughout the years in our band that we cared more about the ship than we did about our individual rowing. We cared more about the fact that this band would stay together than our individual successes. And then he went into the details of that and how you relate relationally and really learn to care for one another, even when you don't fully agree or, or even relate well all the time. It just reminded me of, of the church in many ways yeah. to say, I care more about the glory of Jesus, the ship, if you will, the head, than I care about my own personal interest and my own personal really gain. Cool. And it was, I mean, he went into some pretty profound thoughts related to that, that I thought, man, that's really helpful thinking about just commitment to other people and care for other people, how you care for people that you might not fully agree with. And I really feel like the, the ideal, the main the leading ideology in the world that's taught to me, even just from being out the world is you got to make the decisions that are going to be best for you. Right. <coughs> COVID. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually saw the ad for that on, on YouTube, the ad for the Springsteen video. And I knew he had released something. I didn't know it was an album actually. Yep. Um, that's just, it's almost encouraging to hear that that message is going out even through what would be like secular areas. Just the word, the, the, the teaching that I assume he would be saying it's a good thing, but you, you lay down your own personal gain for the, the sake of the group, for the sake of others, just like we're called to do for the sake of the body. Yeah, and he, uh, that's exactly right. He, he definitely, it's a good thing. He, he thought it was a way to have a, a meaningful life. Mm. Obviously, he finds meaning ultimately in the music shared, where we find meaning as Christians in the common bond of unity in Christ. But the response that he had was what was so profound to me, that in order for us to have this soul care and share, we have to press through for the good of the band slash the good of the church. We have to press in to be with this same group of people for this many years. And that's just not a message that resonates with many people right now in local churches. They typically think, what, uh, what, what does this church have to offer me? What can, I get, you know, what can I get from being a part of this church? And if you mean Jesus, that's an appropriate question. But ultimately, it is being called into a body to live out all the days of our lives. So the whole, the whole uh, album letters to you is partly based on the fact that his the Castile I think they were called the Castiles they were his first band every other member died this past year so not every other member in the same year but the last remaining living member that was in his first band died back in 2019 mm -hmm. so he's reflecting on a life live as the last member of that band so kind of hopes and dreams and you know the one of the one of the songs is called Ghosts where he writes about their music and how he he longs to see them and can't see them mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of existential um a lot of uh human reflect reflection on mortality yeah and things like that it's really good anyway i look forward to listening to it not because i would recommend it for your spiritual growth but because it has some principles in it i think that will apply to just our human experience in the church there you go boom done that's awesome oh that was kind of jarring that wasn't the way i ended that but that's the button i hit inning number Five, the glory of God in our films, 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 films. So I think we've, 
I believe we've <clears> talked <throat> about spooky movies. Yeah. And we're coming up on, a, on on what is culturally supposed to be the spooky time of the year. I think it is one of the most charming times of the year. I think it's nice weather. I think that the food is good. I generally am okay with pumpkin spice and cinnamon and stuff in drinks. Um, yeah, I I'm, too. I'm fine I with that year round. I don't. I don't get uptight about that. Some yeah. people get uptight about they make fun of the pumpkin spice. Yeah, make fun of the pumpkin spice. I think we should just do pumpkin spice all the time whenever you feel like it. I think that's, that's what you should but do. But isn't it but better to have it seasonal? Where is it, it doesn't though? taste better sometimes when you're like, I can only have it's, this. It's now. really, yeah, maybe like fasting and feasting. It's the, it, it gives you an, uh, an orientation to fasting and feasting where if you fast from something, when you go to eat, if you're hungry, it tastes better. Yeah. I'm just too American. I biblical guess. though. Biblical. Fast I want it when I want it. If I want to have it right yeah, You now, need sanctification. I do. I do need sanctification. Yeah, and, sure. I, and I think that it, you're right. I think that it's cool that there's seasonal things. Uh, it makes the season more unique and special from the others too. You appreciate it more in different ways, but uh, what are we on against? Films? Yes. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Or pumpkin spice films. Pumpkin spice films. <laughs> How many pumpkin spice films? We should make a, a, a film called Pumpkin Spice. Is that like the seventh member of the Spice Girls? <laughs> I, I reached over to do that just so y'all know. Spice Girls. That was that was me. I had Hi, I'm, I'm Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Whoo. I no, I, I was going to get into, well, not yeah. no, it wasn't hilarious. You were, <laughs> you're a master of comedy, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, but as it's a time that most people are getting ready to do their, their binges of their favorite spooky movies or <clears> horror <throat> films, uh, I'm not really, I think horror is a little crass oftentimes, and uh, I often don't enjoy what it presents in film. Mm-hmm. I'd, rather, I'd rather watch a drama. It's not about necessarily just that I think it's like, oh, I don't like being scared. It's more of I don't appreciate violence for the sake of violence or yeah. whatever. Uh, but I did, so all of this to say, <laughs> I did watch a show in the last few days um, on Netflix called, I just forgot what it's called, The Haunting of Hill House. And I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, it has a lot of suspenseful moments. It is, it is scary in some ways, but I think at the heart of it, it really is a movie about family. Um, and the the core of the themes of the film are getting at what it means to be in a family that has a brokenness. And I don't want to give everything away in case yeah, no. someone watches it, uh, like the guy sitting across from me. Also, mm-hmm. if you are, I mean, I believe it is, it has language, um, has some definitely, I would, grotesque scenes. Uh, violence in it uh, so definitely if you're young talk with you, always 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 you know, run past your parents what you're watching if you're a young person and then if you are an adult just be wise read some articles about it uh, get some opinions from from people wiser than me <laughs> don't just take my word for it uh, but I definitely think there are some valuable uh, themes about family that run through it and it I like movies that make you think uh, and there's everything symbolic in it so I'm always just connecting little things as well as I like um, I like thrillers. And it's definitely, to me, more of a thriller that doesn't so much like a horror film end on this ominous, monstery kind of note, but it ends on a, on a more explanatory note where you can come to your own conclusions about what maybe it meant and mm-hmm. think about it that way. I spoke about it vaguely for the purpose of yeah. any viewers. Not to ruin the film. So there you go. Show. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, because it's a miniseries. It's a miniseries. How it's many episodes? Ten, and they're an hour each. Oh, ten hours. Ooh, redeem the zone. The days are evil. Um, why the popularity of horror movies might encourage Christians. There's an article from Gospel Coalition uh, by Mike Duran, uh, written back on February 8th, 2018. So the popularity of horror movies, Christians are having to respond to that because there's just a lot of conversation about whether it's even appropriate like a philippians 4 appropriate philippians 4 9 whatever is true, true whatever, whatever is good, good whatever is lovely whatever is pure whatever is admirable think on these things yeah i think i may have switched a few around or missed one but i think you're pretty close um so i think you have that command and can you think on but the problem with making that a carte blanche statement of you can't when you read genesis yeah when you read the bible you, you read the bible the there's slaying of brothers there's, I mean, the book of Judges. Read the, there's yeah, a lot ju- of happy elements the, in the book the, of Judges. A lot of grotesque, ugly things. Use his head for a tent pick. So many. I mean, there was yeah. a king that was killed with a tent pick through the head. Yeah. One of the women yep. got him. Uh, 
So I think it's worth at least thinking. Obviously, there are things that sh- we should not watch. Then. Yeah, there are there are definitely of things. Lots of yeah. movies that I would say Christians do not watch this. Yeah, encourage them. don't don't support this, and also don't fill your mind and heart with this. Yeah, so those are pastoral recommendations or um, par- parental care in order to preserve a level of purity. But there is a there is a conscience that each person has that they need to weigh before the Lord and what what actually is fruitful. But I, but I think it can be helpful sometimes to engage, to watch some for the purpose of in, I mean, they're interesting films. There's just interesting stories, right? They're, they're, it's all about typically a film. It's a story. If you're watching it for slasher reasons, you just want to see grotesque, then it's probably hard to justify, justify that. It. Yeah, just, I, I would say as a Christian, please avoid avoid that indulgence. Yeah. And because I, I believe it dishonors the human image in yeah. in God's creatures in in those who are made in His image. Yep, um, it's undignified. The dignity of human suffering. And is if not it's to if it's ex- bringing you joy and pleasure, and it's funny to you, I think I w- I would take some time to pray and think about why. Um, yeah, that's why I have far less of a problem with people decorating their home in kind of a caricature Halloween way, as opposed to a realistic Halloween way where. What I mean by that is someone who would like create a murder scene, dead bodies. Yeah. Create a murder scene. Like there's one I saw today on USA today where a guy had done just some really grotesque things out in front of us. It looks like a murder scene and the the police have been called two or three times because they're like, they think there's actually a real thing going on. Yeah. And that's, you know, for, for those who have lost loved ones, for those who've been subjects of violent crimes, those things, those who have fought in wars where they've seen death at, at the most horrendous, the, those, yeah. you know, there's just an insensitivity, I think, that, that happens with us about the, I think you said it well, it just, it dishonors the image of God. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I never plan on, in my personal thing, is it's Reformation Day for me, people. Hey, uh, Reformation that, That's what I'm celebrating Day. on October 31st. Nice. And we're coming up, actually, it's this Saturday, is Halloween. So yeah. 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 Or, uh, more importantly, it is Reformation Day. Reformation Day. Thank you very much. Um, so that's the holiday I prefer to talk about and celebrate and dwell on thinking about the day that Martin Luther back in 1517 nailed the 95 theses upon the church door. Uh, That's a much more exciting and celebratory moment to me. However, I don't have uh, hatred in my heart towards people who want to put up the little, little Casper, the ghost hanging things or carve a jack-o'-lantern. And I honestly think I'm for pushing people to, you know, carve Martin Luther's face in a jack lantern. <laughs> I like you know, it. The bo- that's the, what I'm for. It's really that is that is taking Christianity and enculturating it right there. Yeah, that's what you should do if you're going to do any kind of enculturating or uh, missional work. You should take pumpkins and carve reformers' faces into yes. them and put them in your front lawn, and then light a a lamp inside them and with put up signs: turn or burn. Turn or burn. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I like it. All right, Padillas, get ready. Mm-hmm. I live in your apartment. <laughs> You're about to see some decorations. Yay. You know? All right. Hey, inning number five, the glory of God in our films. Spray cheese. <laughs> inning number six, the glory of God in our food. Foodies. But really, there is some cheese at my work in the break room that's sold by the people who stock the snack bar thing that we can buy snacks from. Mm-hmm. It's a Tostitos little nacho cheese pack. It's just a plastic thing mm-hmm. with a rip-off top. Yummy. And they've got a bag of Tostitos chips, like personal size. Mm-hmm. And I just buy it too. It's like a buck fifty for both of them. And I eat that on my lunch break a lot. And it's really good. And I was thinking, is this really cheese? That's Lots? the that's the big question. Is it really cheese? And, and I think we probably could search the internet, right? And because because I don't heat it up, and a lot of my coworkers get annoyed by that because they're like, "Dude, put it in the microwave for like ten seconds." So why am I talking about them? Like they don't sound like that. <laughs> I'm just saying that's how I feel. They sound like when Obviously. they tell me when they tell me what to do with my food that I paid for because I'm American. Dang it! No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I I've only had one person recommend it to me. Okay, so I've got this. Is this it? But is yeah, it, how much it of it? Like this? Let's, let's see. Let's see. Turn the. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. That one right there, the one with the blue top. Tostitos nacho cheese dip, medium, three point six five ounces. Yeah, that's what I eat like every day now. 
so healthy for me. I feel good. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So I'm looking it up. Let's see if we can get ingredients. Ingredients. Uh, show more. Water, canola oil, mal- maltodextrine. Yeah, that malto. Made from corn, modified corn, and tapioca starch. What's What's modified corn? Well, you know, it has a muffler on it. <laughs> Mod. <laughs> you know, it it's got some suspension. Like your car. Yeah, you, full suspension. It's got a cool, loud yeah. muffler. That's what modified corn is when you, All you right. pop that. Continue. Anyway. Okay, tapioca starch and nice. less than 2% of the following. So that's it. And then less than 2% of natural and artificial flavors, including natural and artificial cheese flavors. Nice. <laughs> so, yes, it has real cheese flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> natural. Well, here's the crazy thing. Less so, than 2%. Pasteurized milk, pasteurized cream, enzyme, so salt, milk. cheddar cheese. But, but, but this is all less, less than, than 2%. 2%. It is corn. <laughs> and and then, I'm eating it with corn chips. That's the great part. Yeah, it's basically corn. That's it. Yeah, it's good stuff. That is crazy. I like it. 160 calories. It's not bad. Yeah. Saturated fat, 6%. It's not bad in saturated fats. Sodium, 26% of your daily it, intake. It did taste pretty salty. Yeah, it's got some serious and sodium. I, I kind of want to know what, how much of the chips sodium. <laughs> That's chips, too. I, would, I love it. I love toasty. It's good. Dip. I, I, would, I could probably live How do you that. decrease your sodium? Is sodium like with cholesterol? Is that whole thing like together? Like you get blood clots if you eat too much. Salt? It can raise your right. It can raise your blood pressure. So I just need yeah. to eat Cheerios and I'm good. Not much sodium in Cheerios. Well, no. Remember the whole thing is it decreases your cholesterol. You know, you've seen the yeah, Cheerios ads. But you can still have decreased cholesterol by taking too much sodium and have high blood pressure. I think. Well, I'm just gonna eat that and. <laughs> I'm Cheerios. not really sure. I that, could. I could get Cheerio yeah. chips. So grind up them the Cheerios and then make chips out of that, and bake some chips out of it and then eat. The cheese with the Cheerio chips, and then boom, I am keeping my cholesterol balanced. That's science, right? There it is. Yes. Sodium effect on blood pressure. So, salt helps balance our field levels. Oh, excuse me, fluid levels. <laughs> I'm going, wait, this is like in the military. They must eat a lot of salt. <laughs> um, the salt helps balance our fluid levels, helps our nerves transmit impulses, and enables our muscles, including our heart. To contract and relax. But that, too much salt can raise strong. blood pressure. And high blood pressure hypertension is a major risk for heart attack and stroke. So it but can just, I have a physiology like similar to You Bruce have a Banner. heart condition. Do I? No. I don't. Well, I yeah, used yeah, to. Yeah. I had a mitral valve prolapse, which was... But they haven't repaired that. Well, they, they said it as I grew, it went away. They don't hear it anymore on the... on the. It's so faint, I'm like a normal person, basically. You think it's not there. You need to be worried. <laughs> Wait, that's not, that's terrible, boo. It's generally not something that they even think it's, that's loud. Thinks. It is, but hopefully it's loud in the recording because. Shh, don't say that because this is. No, okay. hopefully it is because yeah. last time it was too quiet, remember? Uh, no, so, but I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, it's usually it, the mitral valve prolapse of the heart is usually something that doctors don't even consider an issue enough to go in and do surgery, do surgery on risk. it because yeah. it's just like a, Every time your heart beats, the mitral valve opens and closes mm-hmm. like a little trap door. Yep. And the way mine is, it's a prolapse. So it does like a little flicking thing. It kind of doesn't work the way it's 100% supposed to. And yeah. so it kind of flicks some of the mm-hmm. red blood that's oxygenated back into the chamber where the blue blood is. And that's not cool. necessarily right. a good thing. You're so, kill- but yeah. I, I'm fine. You're, you're I'm, good. I'm good. Okay. Food. Eat food because you need it to live. Inning number six, the glory of God in our food. Yeah. Inning number seven. Uh, inning number seven, the glory of God in our relationships. Yes, man. Yes, the man lady. or yes, ma'am? Yes, man. Okay. Yes, Just ma'am. making sure you didn't say ma'am to me. I'm used to saying yes, ma'am to my wife. It's good. Been relationship. Well. There you go. See? Yep. So relating to Christians, relating to others in the midst of political season, we have a presidential election coming up in a week. A week from yesterday, there will be an... Uh, a president either continuing his second term or a f- inauguration that will include a first time, first term president. Or it's the first time that a third party president gets voted in. Kanye? <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. Not Kanye. 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 Probably not Kanye. Kanye. Anyway, how do we relate Kanye in our me. relationships to those who disagree politically? So we thought it would be helpful just to remind us that, especially within the church, uh, our unity is not found in our political view, but in our union precisely with christ yep yep so 
relationships fall apart sometimes because of political views. And I think um, an important truth to remember is the statecraft that we involved in, that is the creating of a state, the creating of a political union is temporal. And the union that we have in Christ is eternal. Yes. And therefore, what is eternal trumps... Trumps what is temporal. So, so we're saying that. Do you think Trumps? Do you think so? You're basically saying we should just throw aside our political preferences as far as they stand in the public and just internalize them and not talk about it, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. So you're saying that we should just not care about, even if we disagree with, if they have a different point of view, that's fine. They can have it. But what matters ultimately is that we have the same religious viewpoint. Well, I would even say that we have the same Lord. I'm playing devil's advocate. I know you are. Yeah, I would say that, no, there is a there is a freedom to talk about it, but we're to talk about it charitably and not ultimately. So don't make politics ultimate. Leave room for disagreement and disagree honorably and respectfully, especially if people are of the household of faith. Um, if, if, if they're unbelievers, then remember your primary goal isn't to convince them to vote for your candidate. It's to present the gospel. That's your ultimate. It doesn't mean you can't engage in politics and, and be like, we need more Christians involved in politics who think clearly, yeah. who, who work like for us. policies and procedures, legislation that serves communities that are from a Christian worldview. That's great. Yeah. But never think that you're doing the ultimate work that that work itself, like any job, if you're an engineer, you're not just an engineer to be an engineer and it has no relationship to your faith. You're an engineer so that you can bring glory to God by sharing the gospel with other people that are in your sphere, doing good work. Yeah. And then ultimately um, bringing, bringing others into the relationship that God desires them to experience by engaging a Christian. Yeah, that reminds me of the guy that, does my tires, you know? Yeah. Our sponsor I mean, today, a, Tires to Go. Uh, go check them out. Wonderful. <laughs> right here in man running, Pearland, and Texas. Right here in Pearland, Texas. Yeah. Down the street from Killens, or literally adjacent to Killens Burgers. Uh, burgers. Yeah. Go get yourself a burger while he works on your tires. No, I'm kidding. He's not our sponsor, but that would be cool. Um, he is now. You just gave him free advertising. Well, he oh. isn't sponsoring us. We're, we're sponsoring we're, him. That's right. We're so <laughs> Our needy. sponsors, we go out and find, and we just sponsor them. We recommend, yeah. He Absolutely. Does a good job for a good price. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But but that's an Relationship. example. That's an example of someone in, in the workplace, out in the world, that in the market that I've met who has done a good job for me. But not only that, you know, he in his sitting area, you got to sit and wait for your tires to get done or go to yeah. Killens. He's got some little pamphlets and stuff. And some of them are political. He's got the five solas up on his wall, just like a word doc he printed out with the five solas on him. Nice. Uh, he's got some different stuff like inviting people to his church. I believe he goes to something faith church here in Pearland. I'm, I'm, I apologize for not knowing the name of the church, but I was thinking more about Sovereign Grace when I saw that. I was like, oh, we, we should put cards here. Can we put cards recommending Sovereign Grace? Yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, interestingly enough, I believe what Christians wisely should consider when voting is the issue of abortion. Um, and that, to me, is one of the largest things, you know, as there's a lot of talk about whether or not you should view your candidate based on they, whether they're more for socialism or more for capitalism or more for uh, whatever side of the coin of politics or economy. What's more important is human life. And that's a clear area that I, I think we can make our, our decision when voting. Um, I don't think it has to be the only way, but if you're, if you're like a Christian who's not entirely concerned with some of the things oftentimes i can be overwhelmed with just the content out there and the difference of opinions but i I, where i don't waver is that i believe that abortion is murder of children and if we believe that we need to take some sort of action and at least speak on it um because i believe it's a horrendous sin that is committed in this country and not called out upon as injustice do you do you think that the killing of Christians in the amphitheaters of the first century was murder? I believe they became martyrs, mm-hmm. and I believe that hmm, this is a good question. So, and therefore, the New Testament did not address that directly, even though it was clearly going on. 
So it's a different political environment for sure. Certainly. But, and and these are these are people who are dying for their faith. Right, but they're dying because they claim to be Christians. They were being fed to the lions because they were themselves professing Christians. Exactly. So it was an unjust death. Like abortion is an unjust death. Um Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the important thing to remember, I totally agree on the abortion issue, the murder issue. I think the important thing to think about is that people who are outside of Christ are literally blinded. That may not make them, um, you know, the the wickedest people. They may be, human, humanly speaking, they, their motives may be good in the sense that they're wanting to help their neighbor. The common grace realities, and they may be blind to abortion. Yeah. That's my point. They may be blind to the sin of abortion because they're well, thinking individual rights. Well, clearly people have, have <clears throat> just as we lie to ourselves to say there is no God, right. they, we, we will also lie to ourselves about every sin that we commit that we would feel guilt over because right. we internally know what is right and wrong. They don't believe it's a baby. And so they say, I don't believe it's a baby. The right. science points to it is. But I uh, in it. most cases, yeah. I believe it is. There are, there are a few cases where it just doesn't develop and there is removed from the mother. I actually have a coworker who talked to me about how he and his wife as Christians did have what was they went to an abortion clinic to have it removed, but it, it never formed a brain, it never formed a heart. It was literally just essentially a cyst. And I wouldn't have called it a child because it it literally wasn't growing, mm-hmm. um, and it was damaging the mother. So there 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 was very unique situations. But when it is growing into when God is forming a child inside, well, we uh, believe the it's womb. In, yeah at, in, at conception, it's it's child, right. Isn't that the, the general view yes. is that at conception? Yep. Yeah. I And I even I would say it's it is a child when it is unique DNA is created. Yeah. You know, it, like uh, a man on his own is not holding millions of people within him. A woman is not millions right. of people within conception. her. But it, it is the gift of marriage that God uses to yeah. give birth to new people. Yeah, I think I, I, yes, completely agree. I think the only thing I would, the militant, um, again, man, I think when we're speaking of it, we can speak firmly, we can speak directly, we can speak brokenheartedly, we can sp- speak even condemningly, like we do any sin. But yeah. like we do any sin, we want to make sure that it's framed in the context of there is forgiveness in Christ. And I I hope what I the way I was saying it was, I was thinking of it in more of a way that would affect our voting. Right. I don't necessarily believe in the militant force or a group of people who believe we should take up arms to go and stop this from happening. Right. Um, I, I think, it, yeah, I think I see the logic of it, but I think it misses other parts of Scripture, that we're to be sojourners in a strange land, that we are pilgrims through this life, that there is a fallen world, that there are lots of injustices on both sides of wherever you are yes. that need to be spoken to. And you, you didn't in any way, I'm just thinking of the political climate we're in, you didn't in any way imply anything other than, I think, what I would agree with. Mm-hmm. But I do. But think there are some pre. That can be a presupposition that leads to other um, trains of thought that can be yeah, less than helpful. <clears throat> I just see the mingling of ultimate issues with temporal issues. Just the necessity. So when we talk about wh- what are we talking about? We're talking in, about relationships. Yeah, I believe. So we talk about relationships. We need to think about the relationship of the United States to the Bible. I think so much assumption goes into the idea that that God founded this country in a way that he will keep it much like Israel. And so you have to ask the question, is this the new Israel? No. I'm, no. I'm very quick to say no on that one. Is Texas this maybe, but not. No. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Right. It's I'm the kidding. Holy Land, for I'm, sure. Um, cracking jokes. So, you, I mean, you've got this idea that, you know, make America great again, that plays into some of these presuppositions what 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 does it mean to make America great again? Yeah, I've had an issue with that since it was first said yeah. by Mr. Donald, yeah. President Donald Trump. Uh, so I think it's fair. Make to, God kingdom, God's kingdom come down, <laughs> spread spread the kingdom here. Is yeah, the Christians call be the kingdom here, but make America great again is not a biblical call. Right, but is it a is it an appropriate call for a Christian to want to see their country? be better or to return to some of the values that it once had. Yes, but they have to be defined and the motive has to be defined. Well, and I think that's where so much of the confusion is coming. There's from. a lot of good that the country has in the way the country has changed 
over the years. So if you're just saying make America go back to the way it was, you're also saying a lot of negative things because right. America's done a lot of atrocious things. You know, even in the book I was reading, the, I believe the atrocities of some of, I, I don't want to speak as, as an authority on the Vietnam War, but there mm -hmm. was a lot of injustice that happened during that war mm -hmm. and wrong things. And many, many of our own troops, American men, died for essentially a war that we lost and probably from in my opinion shouldn't have been involved in at all yeah um yeah i think i think the i think the right uh, yeah well we can go a long ways on this but so I would, certainly what i'm saying is we don't want america to just go rewind people, no i don't think any i don't i don't think that's what people mean but i don't think they're clear about what they do mean and people are able to fill the vacuum. That's part of a campaign slogan is you want people to be able to fill the vacuum for themselves so they'll vote for your candidate. Exactly. And that's really what we've seen. There and we go. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but it, it's sorrowful to me to see, and this may have always been the case. I haven't been through many presidential elections, and I haven't seen, uh, been alive during many presidential, what do they call it when you're in president, your presidential existence. <laughs> yeah, you're... Your office? Office. Well, when they seen, were in office. Administration. You've only seen uh, really two administrations, Barack Obama that and you remember and remember. Donald and Trump's Donald first, Trump. and he's running for a second and then term. before that, I was alive during Bush's. Right, but you weren't aware. But I wasn't aware of any mm -hmm. changes that happened Yeah, um, due to that president. Well, the president but plays a pretty small role, He actually. does. Uh, I mean, there's a legislative role, but... We have many branches of government with many officials make the decisions it's not we don't have a king uh, and to think we're electing a king is a farce um, yeah there there is some of that there's some conversation there's some dramatizing of the of the election of the president i believe and just yeah. how big of a deal it actually is i think it is important certainly um yeah yeah well we probably a lot ought to, to think one. about yeah we probably need to do one to, to so. define our terms and all of that because that i think so pretty vague and, um, what we can be helpful. certain of is that because we have a relationship with Christ, it affects our relationship with everyone else and requires us to, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. The glory of God in our relationships. Inning number eight, the glory of God in our vocation. We got to move quickly, man. Yeah, we filled up the time on that relationships one. We did. Um, there's a lot to unpack in the few things we mentioned, many things we mentioned. <laughs> so if we just think of vocation as calling, what are some of your callings? Well, I am called as a member to Sovereign Grace Church Pearland. Mm -hmm. I am called as a Christian mm -hmm. to be a follower of Christ. Um, that's pretty closely tethered to being in this church. I'm called as a husband to be a, well, all the biblical definitions of what a husband would be, but also a, a provider Mm -hmm. called to be a, an employee at Costco Pearland. Um, I feel and, and I'm praying and pursuing the calling, I believe, to, to ministry. And certainly I'm called to be a disciple and to be a proclaimer of the gospel as all Christians are. Um, I personally feel a calling towards pastoral ministry and service in the local body. Uh, and I, I desire that. Um, I desire that good thing. Yep. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, that's a few. I think we typically think of vocation. We think of our work. Um, it is work, all of those areas. But all those areas are callings, and they require work. The gifts that God's given you, development of those gifts, and the utilization of those gifts. You could see that in a passage like 1 Peter 4, um, verse 8, where Peter says, um, you know, use the gifts that God has given you to build up the body. That's a paraphrase, but that's basically what he says. So you're to be using those gifts that God's given you along with the responsibilities that come with those vocations. So there's both the gift and the application of the gift. Like, for example, let's just take the, the husband side of it. You're a husband, so you're one, you're a man. God gave you the gift of manhood. You, that's not a, a, ha, a, a haphazard thing. He called you. He, he made you a man. Therefore, he calls you Being to Being a man is my calling. <clears throat> and you live that out in the context of a union with a wife. You have a wife, and there are certain gifts that you have that are insufficient in and of yourself in a marriage. Your wife is complementary to the gifts that you have. So to devalue her is to devalue God's gift. To love her is to love her as 
God's gift to you, but also to the mission that you have to be a husband. It's not just yeah. personal benefit for you. It's working out in application to others. So it, same with playing the guitar. You have to have the gift of, you have to have, be able to read music. You develop that gift. You sharpen that gift. You play it. Then you have to be disciplined to use it in the church. And for so you don't just play it for yourself. You actually invest in practice and time for other people. Yeah. So. There you go. So it's it's both the calling and the disciplined fulfillment of that calling that God calls you to. What's the? I agree with all those things real quick, just so that you know I'm not just skipping over it. I think that was very good. Thank you for that. Um, I'm interested though now that you you spoke about those things. It it made uh, me think. What's the etymology of the word vocation? Mm-hmm. I can find that out. Vo- it's, I'm sure it's Latin. <clears throat> See who wins. Do, 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 do. Oh, I said covation. So the way the dictionary would describe it, this isn't the etymology so much, but it's a strong feeling or suitability for a particular career or occupation. Terrible definition. I agree. So it is Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, back into mix of old French and Latin. Vocare, to call. It literally means to call. Latin vocatio. Um, late Middle English from Old French or from Latin, to call. So to call implies that somebody's called you. It, in other it's words, certainly doesn't really work outside of God existing. Divine uh, reality. So for someone to be atheistic or agnostic even, it's pretty difficult to say there is an existence of anyone having a vocation. And I would say the opposite is true. For any believer who says their vocation is unimportant is to behave like an agnostic or atheist in their practical living. Like, I'm just doing this to fill the time I'm not called to do wow. it. That's kind of a huge revelation for me. Mm-hmm. I, should, I shouldn't say revelation. It's just very... It's eye-opening to think about mm-hmm. because it's so easy to just do what you want and to say that's what you want to do and it pays the bills. Right. Instead of thinking about what is God calling me to do? And providentially. And he does call. He put you there. Yeah. You know, so providentially you were fired from another job. If, if you were, if somebody <laughs> loses a job, if somebody loses a job somewhere else for whatever reason, downsizing, they were fired or they just quit because yeah. it's they're going to another job. All of that is providential in God's. So we believe there is a divine mover. We believe God's providence is directing us where we want to be. So therefore, when we find ourselves there, we have to say, God has called me to do this. Yeah. And so it may not be like a a subjective, like that's the definition you gave from the English, right? It was like this subjective feeling of this is something really important. It was a suitability even. Yeah. So you're you're suitable for that. Right. It's basically like taking a high schooler who's a track star and be like, oh, well, your vocation is track. Because you're really good. You're breaking records, man. you got to go to college on this And there's a sense in which that is secondarily true, but it's not primary. Who gave you the speed? Who, you know, it goes back to the old Eric Little thing. When I run, I feel, I feel the pleasure of God. And God had gifted him with something, and he realized that gift and followed up on using that gift, and that was his calling by God. Which is a transition to our next inning. That's what makes our vocation inning number Worship. nine. The glory of God in our worship. That's right. The glory of God in our worship. But I, the reason it was just such a huge transition, because that's the difference between if you're just filling that vacuum with, this is a job I do to pay the bills. That is not the reasonable worship that God requires in Romans chapter 12. Hmm. Give to the Lord. What is our reasonable sacrifice or service? What is reasonable in our sacrifice or service is a calling that God has upon us fulfilled faithfully in the context of worship, in the context of our vocation, our call, that work that he calls us to do. So husband, you said it. I mean, you made the list, right? Husband, um, employee of Costco. Um, member in Sovereign Grace member Church. Member in Sovereign Grace Church. Follower of Christ. Follower of Jesus. That's your primary calling. Yep. Everything else falls Underneath, you could start with that one. You could. Disciple of Jesus. Yep. Disciple maker. Disciple maker falls under, yeah, disciple of Jesus. Therefore, I make disciples. So, And all of that becomes worship. 
as Undival Ward. Yep. Wait, what is this? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Turn right. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're driving. You moving and adjusting stuff. So you guys need to know that we uh, we are actually live uh, recording a podcast right now, Isaac and I. So you oh, are okay. you are live on the podcast. The, every word you well, say is being recorded. And wow. Isaac is right here. Hey, this Papa. is an experiment for us. I knew you were calling. So we've been 50, All right. 55 minutes into this podcast. So you're you're back on. Uh, well, it's not the radio. It's not live in that sense, but it is live in our recording. So there that you go. Like fun to me. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's good to have your voice on our program. You just elevated the quality of our program uh, significantly. Significantly. Oh, yeah. that's, that's high words, man. Coming from you. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I will call you back, Dad. But I wanted to get your voice on. I let okay, Isaac. Great. I let Isaac say well, hi. I appreciate it. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to say hi. I've. Uh, been listening to the audiobook of the Brothers K, and we talked about that a little bit in one of our segments oh, here. Oh, okay, yeah. And it has been a fantastic uh, listen. I've really been enjoying it. I'm about 16 hours in. <laughs> 16 hours in, okay. Yep, really good. Thank good. you for, for passing on that that book to my dad and likewise him to me. It's been really You're good. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Are you the guy that MCs this, or you do the introductions and all that stuff? We we like to trade off uh, back and forth between air, <laughs> intermissions. Yeah. Isaac Isaac does a little bit of it. Uh, I do a little bit of it, but we we both we both do we we trade off and on for sure. Well, see, you both have great voices, and in truth, listening to them on the radio, you guys sound alike. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'll yeah. pray about that with you, but uh, that's just <laughs> what it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. He comes <laughs> he comes by it pretty that's, pretty naturally. Yeah, he, he comes by that pretty pretty well according to nature Mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah i love you dad love you too son thank you and i love you too i'll talk to you guys soon all right buddy we'll do all right bye now bye 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 that is a classic put a man on the spot move right there. That was a classic put a man on the spot move. That <laughs> so was pretty know, awesome, though. It was. We know how to do. Uh, we know how to do call in interviews now, so we can develop some uh, call Sweet. in interviews. Let's call Will. <laughs> Let's call Will. No, call, can we call all of our friends? We just want to do that now. The, yeah. Um, we well, can, hey, man, we're at fifty-eight minutes. Oof. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> if you've endured to this point. You're a true fan. We'll make you, you a are. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t-shirt. That's our thing. We'll make you a t-shirt. Well, man, you know, once again, awesome to be together. Talk about this. Wanted to mention one last thing. Yep. Uh, we are our scripture. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. I believe that the Lord is brought most glory through his people when we are worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, that scripture has another side to it, which means we are always to be worshiping. Mm-hmm. And I think that you hit on that when you said, even in your work, you know, that's the difference between someone who just works for money and because they need it because we have to live and someone who works because it's their vocation in that vocation. We are glorifying God That's right. and the awareness of that vocation that we are called to it also brings glory to God. Uh, Amen, brother. Amen. That's really good. Good way. I to just end. I had thought about that mm-hmm. a little bit before. I was going to ask a question. And we kind of answered it as we went along. So I thought that was cool. And I wanted to mention it. We're at an hour. Thank you, guys. It, it was a pleasure. Yes, heavy D. I'm out. Little boom. I'm gonna go. <laughs>